Easy. Ja, ja. Daar is Klaassen. Welcome to podcast 51 from Football Aranya, your home of Dutch football. I'm Michael Statham and I'm joined by Michael Bell to discuss a Dutch Eredivisie title race between PSV and Ajax. Ajax's huge Champions League semi-final with Spurs and which Netherlands internationals playing abroad have been impressing recently. All that and more to look forward to. You're listening to us on YouTube, SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to give us a like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Enjoy. Right then, Mike. Uh, the PSV, t- PSV and Ajax are neck and neck in the title race. They're level on points. Um, three games to go. Might be people listening here that might not only be two games to go, but they're level on points and Ajax have the better goal difference at the moment. Um, but I, I was looking into the way that PSV have been playing recently and they beat Arden Haag uh, 3-1 at the weekend. And I just thought um, there wasn't much quality going on in this team and they've lost a bit of energy about them and don't look the same PSV that we... We've known throughout this season the the energetic, the 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 really creative out wide, Berkman and Lozano causing all sorts of problems. But it doesn't seem to be much of that at the moment. And um, Mark van Bommel was experimenting. He put Luke de Jong in, in midfield um, for that match. It, did it work? And what you know, what's been going on? Why is Mark van Bommel choosing these um, decisions in, in, on the pitch? Why is he put, moving players around, experimenting this this close to the end of a season? Yeah, to me, it's just, it's really strange because a couple of weeks ago, you looked at it and obviously they dropped points at Vitesse and that put them equal with Ajax. And they had two games at home, you know, against the Grafskap and Ado. Two games that you think, you know, PSV in the past would win these games, maybe 4 or 5 nil, And that would be able to claw them back and um, some of that goal difference. But it's just his formations and the way he seems to be playing, it just seems to have stunted PSV, like, they were lucky against the Grafs Cup. Um, they just narrowly beat them, missing chance after chance, and he got a penalty that was a bit lucky. And even against Arrow at the weekend, you know, they got the goal after 20 minutes. It was a great piece of skill by Dumfries and a great shot into the top corner. But Arrow then actually equalised a couple of minutes later. Um, I think Falkenberg put a header wide at the far post, and they caused problems. And it wasn't until... You know, the last sort of 20 minutes the PSV eventually saw the game out. But then there's just something about them right now where they don't seem to have a set midfield. Van Bommel keeps experimenting. He keeps playing Ihaterin, you know, the youngster, 17-year-old too. For me so far, you can see that he's a massive talent, but he hasn't really done anything. And you're wondering why Van Bommel's decided to keep going with him over, say, Pereiro or... Even Gutierrez, and we saw that at the weekend, that the crowd got frustrated because they could see that the midfield just wasn't working with Sadelec, Luke de Jong and Rosario. And they started chanting for Gutierrez to come on and eventually Van Bommel brought him on and he said it was nothing to do with a chance, but it clearly was because the whole crowd wanted to see him. And then, you know, for 50 minutes, PSV actually started playing well again. You know, Gutierrez put a chance wide and then he scored two goals at the end. This seems that Van Bommel just doesn't seem to know what his best midfield is. You know, we don't know what's going on in the training field. Maybe Gutierrez and Pereiro aren't putting in the effort. We don't know. But it seems to me that they play so much better with one of them in the side over some of the experiments that Van Bommel's been doing. And, yeah, for me, that it makes Ajax a favourite for the title now because I can't see PSV clawing back that goal difference with the games they got left. And, to be honest, Van Bommel's only really got himself to blame for 
why he's tacked to go it wrong over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he seems to just be losing the dressing room a little bit. I, I always go as far to suggest. A little bit like what Van Bronckhorst is facing at Feyenoord. The difference with Feyenoord is that um, Van Bronckhorst is on his way out, as well as quite a few of the players. There's a few people that might be leaving PSV in the summer, but Mark Van Bommel should be priding himself on a settled squad, and the fact that they're neck and neck with Ajax, despite the, the season they've been having, surely shows that, that PSV have had a good season, or is it luck? I mean, some of these results they've been getting this season, last-minute winners, I mean, yeah, you, you play to the, the final whistle. But a lot of a lot of the results have been coming late in games, and I, I just yeah you mentioned the remaining games there. Let's have a little look. You've got Ajax to play um, Vitesse at home, Utrecht at home, and De Graaf's up away. I mean that, that sparks a lot of memories for Ajax fans there, doesn't it? That last match for season, and PSV have got to play Willem Twe away, RZ away, and Hiddekles at home. You, do you think that Ajax got the easier run in? And if so, why? Because surely Vitesse can cause some problems, Utrecht too, and De Graafsap's no easy match if they're fighting for survival. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, it's two home games and an away one against a relegation candidate. You'd say that Ajax, for me, have, I think, the easier run in just because of the way they're playing. I don't think this is, you know, an Ajax side of the past that would drop the points against somebody like the Graafsap. I think they've got. More, much more about them and I think that this side seems to be capable we saw it at the weekend that was a potential banana skin away against Groningen and they came out of it you know with a 1-0 win it was scrappy but they got the job done and I think that's what we're going to see for the next three weeks I think there will be pressure there will be nerves but I just think that this Ajax side is too good to drop points at home against Utrecht the way they're playing especially I mean they seem to have switched off at the end of the season Vitesse could be hit and miss they might bring themselves up against Ajax but if they're you know, not really clicking and Odegaard doesn't really play well. If Frankie de Jong can take him out of the game, then I can see that being a win. And then against the Graf's Cup, yeah. By that point, they might not even be able to be safe. So, you know, that might be a dead rubber as well. So you've got to say that Ajax, two home games and away one against a relegation candidate, definitely easier compared to PSV. You have to go away to Villantoy, um, who are a dangerous side at the moment with Isaac up front. Then AZ, who... You know, on their day, are capable of beating anyone in this side. They showed against uh, Ajax at home to beat them recently. And then I think PSV will probably win that last game against Heracles. But if, that's only if they get through these last two away games because by that time that the end of the season comes, it could be over. Um, because if Ajax are three points ahead of PSV, there's no chance that PSV are going to win a title. The biggest tests for Ajax seem to come against Groningen, uh, as you mentioned, Mike. Um, in that 1-0 win, it was really close match. And th there were some standouts from Groningen as well. And if you look at the, the form table, um, ever since the bad run that, that Danny Bell suffered with uh, Groningen, I think it's since the winter break, actually, this stat. Groningen are the third best team in the Eredivisie with points. They also have uh, one of the best defences in, in the whole of the league. They actually have the third best defence in the league currently. Um, and they've also got some dangerous players. Admittedly, the likes of Richard Doan, who we normally talk about, haven't been performing as well recently, perhaps because he's been played out deep on the right, on the right midfield role. But in the centre midfield, you've got um, Ludovic Rice, um, a very young Dutch talent. And he's catching some headlines, isn't he, Mike? Yeah, um... You know, earlier this month I was a bit of a surprise when 
a local newspaper came out and said that he was heading to to Barcelona. You know, he didn't really know if to believe it, but yeah, it got confirmed on Sunday that you know, a deal is close, and it seems that he is on his way to to Barcelona this summer to play for their B side. Um, yeah, he's a big talent, only eighteen. Uh, made his debut age of seventeen, the first one born after the millennium to feature and score in the Eredivisie. Um, defensive midfielder, loves to tackle, good passer, calm head. I probably played the best game of his career so far in that one 0 um, defeat to Ajax. You know he's snapping into challenges and I think he won eight out of ten tackles and I think it was something like thirteen ball recoveries. Yeah, he's he's a massive talent and. For me, it's a, it's a bit of a shame that he's going to Barcelona B because I think at 6 million euros, he could be a perfect sign-in for Ajax if they're going to lose a couple of players. I think he would slot into their midfield quite easily next season. He could be like a, their defensive midfielder for the future if Lassa Shona and, and De Jong are gone. And even at PSV, if Hendricks decided to leave or he wanted somebody to place beside um, Rosario, I know Reese would have been perfect, but yeah, Barcelona have got their first and uh, I think it's a good signing for them in the future. We've been speaking a lot about, at least in the past we did, a lot about um, teenagers uh, in the Eredivisie moving on too quickly and moving to bigger clubs too quickly and have to play in just a few games they haven't really been staying in, um, in with these mid-table clubs. And I think we're seeing the same sort of thing again um, this season. What What's going on with this? Because you've got Vice who's probably going to move to Barcelona. Kick period at Hidden Vane. Yeah, he's played probably two seasons in the first team at Hidden Vane, but he's only 18. Why is he moving to Ajax? He's not going to get a game there. He says he's not going to go there to play in young Ajax, the second team, but he is, isn't he? Let's face it. And um, then another one as well, Kjell Scherper, who's the goalkeeper at Emmen, and yet he's also going to be moving to Ajax this summer, supposedly. Um, although... A lot of the Ajax fans are trying to oppose to that with their um, the banners about the fact that he's a final fan. Anyway, um, yeah, you've seen quite a few movers this summer after they've only had like a good season in the Eredivisie. Why why aren't they taking note again of the fact that you can better yourself by playing a lot more regularly at an Eredivisie club? Yeah, I mean, it's the same debate we have every single summer, every single season. These players seem to get delirious by the bright lights and moving somewhere else. You know, last summer we were talking about this with Justin Clivert. Um I think Kik Piri, he's been in the here and reading first team for two seasons now. I think he's got he's got a chance of getting first team minutes. And next season I think he will. The lick will be gone. You know, there's still some rumours that, you know, if a big club comes in for Daily Blint, he could be gone. And Tagliafico as well is moving on and uh, Pieri can play at left back. As well, so I think there's options for him. I think he will be a part of the first team. Sherpin, yep. Um, Onana's not going anywhere, so he's going to be probably young Ajax's goalkeeper next season. We'll see how that stunts his growth, but maybe that's just a future signing. He's only 21, that's young for a goalkeeper. And for me, yeah, Reese, I think it's a mistake to go to Barcelona B because he's maybe he's got training on the first team, but he's got to play in a lesser competition. If Barcelona signed him and then loaned him back to their division, I think that would be a better option. Maybe a, a Vitesse or an AZ. I think that would be a much better option for him. Yeah, that is true. But then I just want to bring us back to Kick Peely for a second. Uh, you look at Matthijs de Ligt and the fact that 
he's um, remained with Ajax and become captain of Ajax and uh, played even more regularly. Kick Peely hasn't started every single game this season for Hill and Vane, as far as I can remember. Um, but it, why doesn't he stay another season and make himself even better and become, for example, the captain of, of the club? The fact that he's um, come through their academy, it shows that you know he knows the club. And I think that that's the next move for him rather than going to Ajax. He's not going to become a regular. You, you're, I mean, yeah, he might get some minutes, but... I, I think at the moment Daly Sinclair is a more likely option at left back than Pillion. I don't think he's got the 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 physical and the the know-how yet to play centre back for Ajax. But that's just me personally. I mean, you know, he's only eighteen Pillion, but he's made sixty-eight appearances for here in Vien's first team. And, you know, that's a lot. So you're thinking that maybe he's just decided that he's learned as much as he can in their side. Maybe. You know, he wants to, maybe he's just confident in himself that he can get into this Ajax side. And I think the Amsterdam side really want him. I think they've been following him for months. And, you know, PSV were sniffing around as well. I think Ajax have just gotten in there before anybody else does. Um, yeah, it's a signing for the future maybe. And you're going to look at next season, maybe Magellan will start alongside Blind and then a left back. But say he gets 20 appearances next season, it's probably going to, help him become a better player playing with the players he's going to play with in Amsterdam than the ones he's going to play with in Heerenveen because they've been uh, probably the most inconsistent side in the Eredivisie this season. Um, I think he's just going to have to go to Amsterdam and better himself as a player to get into this Ajax side. That, that's a, a challenge for him to go there. Yeah, he's, he's a starter in Heerenveen right now, but he's not got much competition. He's going to go to Amsterdam. He needs to better himself and prove that he's Amsterdam worthy. Mike, another thing I wanted to talk about was the, the KMVB uh, Cup final, the Dutch Cup final between Ajax and Villain-Tue. This is sandwiched between Ajax's uh, Champions League semi-final fixtures with Spurs. However, this is a huge day for Villain-Tue and they recently lost 4-1 to Ajax in the league. Would you give them any chance of doing any better in the Cup final? Yeah, of course. I mean, you only have to look back to a few years ago when Ajax played... Pex Villa in the final and got an absolute hammering. Um, I think Willem Tway have a very exciting side at the moment, mainly because of the up front they've got Isaac who's in great form and they've got a good few players behind them like Renato Tapia who scored a great goal this weekend. So I think, yeah, on any given day, Willem Tway have a chance because I think Ajax will be concentrating maybe on that second leg at home to Tottenham. And I think um, if I was Ten Hag, I would rest a couple of players for that game in preparation for it. So, yeah, I think I give Willem to a small chance of, of winning that final. Whilst Ajax actually have the chance of um, completing an, an absolutely brilliant uh, treble of the league, the Cup and the Champions League, which is, of course, very unlikely still at this stage. But there is a chance. However, Ajax haven't actually won a trophy for a number of years now. It's about five years, isn't it? And... The cup final does present their best chance of um, getting some silverware this season. Yeah, you know, the, is this a game where they think, oh, well, we beat them in the league really easily, we'll just trounce them again? Or actually, do Villanueva have a lot of threats with the likes of Isaac, who's just been outstanding in, in, in the league this season? He was subbed off in their last game against Excelsior, but before that, he was averaging a goal a game in the area of his ease. He's winning 13 goals in 13 games. Um, a ridiculous stat and 
how good is he as well? Oh yeah, he's a uh, got massive potential from what I've seen so far. He's just a, a very cool finisher in front of goal, and you just got to say that it's outstanding that you know a club like Villain Toy were man- managed to get him in uh, January because I think we all thought when France all left that you know Villain Toy were going to struggle between January and the end of the season um, for goals, but he's been an absolute revelation. Yeah, I've got to say that maybe he's doing even better than what France always doing. Um, with him up front, I think they, they always have a, you know, a threat on the counter-attack. He's got loads of pace. He's a can finisher. He scored in the recent game against Ajax and always a penalty, but he's, uh, yeah, he's very calm in front of goal. And I think if Villain Tway don't just sit back and you can try and get him on the ball going forward, then yeah, they've got enough players to cause this Ajax side a little bit of problem. I think that brings us nicely on to Ajax's Champions League semi-final. Uh, so the, the, the fixtures have been moved to help Ajax out. However, they are going to facing a lot of fixtures before the end of the campaign. A lot of the players have um, looked a little bit leggy as well. If you ask me, I think you've you've seen a little bit of tiredness creep in with Frank de Jong recently. He's been a little bit off his best. Um, Tagli Fika said, you know, we don't feel tiredness. We, we just got to carry on at this stage of the season. Um, but again, that's kind of omitting the fact that, that some of these Ajax players are probably feeling it in their legs now after all these games this season. They had to qualify just to get to the Champions League group stage with six fixtures um, to qualify. Um, I just wanted to get your opinion about how you think that they'll 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 prepare for this these Spurs fixtures. They're, I would say, because everyone's looking at Ajax now, they're looking like they're favourites this Spurs tie, but. Does tiredness perhaps start to creep in at this stage? Yeah, I think um, you know Ajax play on Tuesday, then they've got a week to prepare for the Tottenham first leg. I think that's going to be huge for Ten Hag's side just to get a bit of fitness back. I can see him, you know, maybe resting a few players for the second leg. I think that he'd be frustrated that Hantelar got sent off in the last game because I think he maybe would have started against Vitesse up front because. He's in great form. Um, he's not really part of their Champions League formation because they prefer Tadic up front. But when he's called upon in the league, Hunter has been scoring the goals, whereas Dolberg hasn't. Um, so it's a bit frustrating for Ten Hag that he's not going to be available for the Vitesse game. But then a whole week to prepare for that second first leg, which I think is, for me, the crucial one. I think if Ajax can go to London and come away with either a draw, a scoring draw, or even a win against the Tottenham side that you know, without Kane, without Son, the two best attackers, they're probably going to have to play Lorente up front. Um, you know, you've got to say that De Ligt will probably be able to man-mark him out of the game and unless they manage to get him on to, to blend. You know, Ajax go into that first leg with a huge chance of, of getting a result there and then, you know, the cup final, yeah, it comes a couple of days before the second leg, but again, they'll have Huntelaar back and... Just, you know, judging on how that game goes, you know, Ten Hag's going to try and get out of that without having to use his you know, top three players for the whole 90 minutes. I think Frankie de Jong getting a rest is crucial because, yeah, against Kronigan, he was getting um, hacked down all over the pitch and he was complaining about the referees not giving him fouls. So protecting him before these two big, massive games is going to be crucial. I had a question from Abdul on Twitter and he asked, can Ajax beat Tottenham home and away? with Tottenham missing their key players. So we mentioned that Son won't be playing the first leg. Kane might miss both. 
Um, do you think that it's possible Ajax can beat them home and away? Yeah, I mean, if you can beat Real Madrid away, you can beat Juventus away, you've got a chance against Tottenham. <clears throat> I think it's sometimes it's a bit disrespectful against a side like Tottenham if you know, a lot of people are saying that they saw Ajax beat Juventus and they beat Real Madrid and all, and they're just going to beat this Tottenham side. You know, they came through Man City, you know, they lost the second leg and maybe they were a bit lucky, but they did it. And at the weekend, they only just narrowly lost to them again. They've not been in great form um, recently, but they've definitely got players that can, you know, cause a threat to this Ajax side. I think Dele Alli will be crucial. You know, Christian Eriksen coming up against this former side. I think them two will be the key men that Ajax have to try and keep quiet. So I think there's a lot of threat in this, this Tottenham side. And I don't think it's going to be as simple as, well, Ajax can beat Juventus, so we're just going to go and they're going to beat Tottenham easily home and away. Yeah, I think it's a coin toss for me in this one. I, I make Ajax maybe slight favourites, but yeah, it's going to be a lot closer than some people are making out. Yeah, you have to remember how um, how poor Real Madrid were in that that four one defeat, but also how almost nonchalant Juventus were when they played in Turin. I don't think Juventus played anywhere near their best football. Um, and, and again, I think that Spurs' best chance might actually come at, uh, at the arena to try and um, to try and get a result. Because at home, Ajax, the, the, the pressure is on them to attack. Um, they don't always take their chances. And I also think Spurs might attempt the Jose Mourinho tactic, which I've spoken about before, but now Mourinho has also spoken about it in the media, how he managed to beat Ajax by... Um, playing almost anti-football. He didn't quite quote it like that, but it is anti-football. It's very defensive stuff, but it, you know, it got Man United the result and they won the Europa League final in 2017. I just wonder if Pochettino has the bravery to play the same way. I don't think he normally would ever set his Spurs side up to play defensive. He can play in the counter-attack. We saw that against Manchester City. They scored three goals at the Etihad as well because of the way they played in the counter-attack. But now they're without Son, it might be a lot more difficult to play in that way. Um, and I just think, yeah, if, if Ajax can take their chances, they should beat Spurs home and away, I think, to answer Abdul's question. But they don't always do that. Um, I guess, yeah, that's the one thing we can say about Ajax is they still are quite wasteful in front of goal. It does make it more difficult when you don't have someone such as Hunter or Dolberg to play in the striker's role to finish those chances. But with, that, with Tadic instead in in that um, number nine role, you do get a lot more creativity, a lot more link-up play than Huntelaar and Dahlberg might offer you. The main thing I have to say is nobody ever saw a Dutch club getting this far again. And I don't think we're going to see in any years to come that a Dutch side is going to have this big a chance to get to a final. So you just need to hope that Ajax get themselves ready and don't make any silly mistakes against Tottenham because these two games are a massive chance for this Ajax side to get to the Champions League final. And that's huge for Dutch football and something that I don't think any of us would have predicted even in the past couple of years because you know, Ajax, you know, last year it was Rosenberg that knocked them out and they've had some horrible nights in Europe recently and you know, PSV going out in the group stages and the rest of the Dutch clubs all doing horribly in the Europa League. You know, this is just a, a dream for a Dutch football at the moment and you can't say that Ajax will ever have a better chance to reach a final again than playing Tottenham in the semi-finals. That's very true, a very, very true point. And another question for Mark, this brings us on to this. Uh, are Ajax the exception to the rule? Or is Dutch football truly on the rise again? I think you've sort of 
started the answer to that, Mike, the way do you think that um, it is obviously a huge chance for Ajax to get to the Champions League final. It's not something we're going to see um, more common now. However, um, does this help Dutch football as a whole to reach this this kind of stage again, the quarterfinals, the semifinals? Yeah, I think it helps Dutch football hugely because if Ajax can do it this year, you know, who's to say that PSV, if they got their act together, or Feyenoord, if they got their act together, can do it as well. It's all about the squad, the way they play, the confidence. It's not just about money. It's about you know, the playing style and on the day that these sides have the confidence that they can beat anybody. And Ajax have shown that anybody can do this. You know, you've got um, where I live in Scotland, they're saying that why can't Celtic do this? You know, other countries, probably Austria and other smaller nations are probably looking at Ajax and saying, well, why can't we do this? So I think this is huge for not just Dutch football, but football in general. I think this is exactly what the Champions League needed was a side like Ajax showing that they can go up against the big boys and it's not all it's about money. Um, I think you got to say as well that you know, a lot of people criticised PSV for their performances in the group stages and rightly so because they were quite defensive but two out of the four sides in that group have, are now in the semi-finals so you got to look at that and see that just how hard that PSV had it and they did did well against Tottenham home and away so you know that's even a bigger incentive for, for Ajax going into these games but you know, Ajax is going to lose maybe half their squad this summer maybe PSV are going to lose some of their best players and it's all just really about how Ajax reinvest that money. Is Overmars going to sanction a huge squad overhaul in the summer? You know, he signed Pieri for a small amount. They signed Marine from Standard Liège. We'll see how good he is. Is Overmars going to sanction another sort of Dusan Tadic's daily blend kind of signing? Will Ajax spend, you know, close to 20 to 30 million on a player? That's the next step for this club because... If they want to compete on this level, year in, year out, they're going to have to start raising their wage bill and raising their transfer fees because that's the only way they're going to do it. That's true. And it, very nicely again, Mike, you brought us on to another Twitter question we had and it was about how many players we think will stay at Ajax next season. I personally don't think many are going to leave. Um, it's easy to say, oh yeah, they'll all be sold. But Frank de Jong, yes, he's going to go. Matt Eisterlitz inevitably will go. Um, but you've you've got someone like Andre Onana, the goalkeeper, who said he's going to stay. Dusan Tadic said he's happy with Ajax. There's always a chance these players can leave, of course, but they're already stating their intention is to stay. Daley Blint has signed for um, for several years for Ajax. I don't think he's going to move on very quickly. Um, Masrari would, would would do well with another season with Ajax. Tagliafico said he might leave, um, so I think. He's, it's very unlikely that he'll be able to stay. I think he's, he's 26 now. He might fancy a move on. Hakim Ziyech, we've been saying every single season, I think, for three or four years he's going to leave the Eredivisie, but hasn't. And I think he, he said again, you know, the right club's got to come along for him. What a sensible man he is, because he's happy with Ajax, and he knows that if the right club doesn't come along and say, we want you to be our first-team player, then he's just going to stay with Ajax even longer, because... He's here to enjoy these Champions League runs that they've had, and well done to him. I, I, yeah, I, are there any more players left? Well, Tadic, again, he, he signed for a number of years. He might well stay. Dolberg needs to get some regular football. Hunter last signed for another year. Um, and then you've got the likes of Danny van der Beek. Again, like Masrari, would do well with another year in the Ajax team. Um, have I missed anybody out there, Mike? And do you agree that actually not many players will leave? 
I think, yeah, you've named the main ones. I think Delict definitely going to go. Tiger Fico is definitely going to go for me. Frankie's gone. And then it's all just about what clubs come in for it because you've got to look at somebody like Hakim Ziyech. He's probably one of the best attacking midfielders in Europe this season and he's available at around 25 million to 30 million. I mean, that's a bargain for most clubs. You've got to say that if the clubs are getting linked to him now, you know, the English paper has linked all the top four in England with him and Bayern Munich are getting heavily linked to him. If Bayern Munich come in for him and pay 25 million and say, right, Tadic, we're losing Robin, we're losing... Ribéry, we want you to be a winger next season. He's gone. I mean, that's the right club for him, I think. A Bayern Munich style. Or it really just depends on if these clubs come in from because the run is going to attract interest and the prices that these players are probably going to be available for is going to attract interest. And it's just about whether some of these players are willing to dig their heels in and say, no, I'm not going anywhere. Someone like Daley Blind, he's been fantastic in the Champions League this season. Against Juventus, he was alongside Donny van der Beek is probably the man of the match. If, you know, a, a club of the size of a Juventus or a Bayern Munich come in for him, that will turn his head as well. I think if they get to the Champions League final, they win the Eredivisie and the Cup, you're not going to achieve much more than that with this Ajax side, realistically. So I think that might turn a few players' heads in the summer, just depending on what interest the clubs come in. I think there's a chance to have them stay, but there's a chance to have them go. So it's just 50-50 right now. So it's going to be a tough summer for Overmars because he's not really going to know who's going to have at the start of the season because it all really just depends on if these big clubs are willing to actually pay the money that they want. It's a really good point you said there. And is it actually more dangerous now for Ajax as a whole, as a club, to go on to win the league, to win the cup, a Champions League final slash winning the Champions League final, does that actually present more dangers to Ajax as a whole? Because then you've got a lot of players who will think, as you said, I can't achieve anything more with this club. I, I may as well just move on now. But also with the manager, Eriksen Haag, he's at peak position then for Ajax. If he, if, if Ajax can you know, celebrate all this success, but to that level... Because now he's at the stage where they can still go one better. But yeah, winning the league, winning the cup, Champions League final, then he can't do better. So wouldn't he want to leave too? Possibly. It's all just about the ambitions. I mean, Ten Hag's only got one year left on his deal. Um, I know Ajax are trying to get him to extend it. It's, it's really, you've got to look at, again, at Overmars in the summer. If Ajax win all this, these trophies... And they get to the summer, they lose all these players. And Overmars doesn't sanction these big money signings that would probably keep Ajax at the same level. Then, yeah, maybe a few of the players will go, right, we're not going to achieve the same as we did last year. We don't have the same talented squad. We're buying these okay talents that aren't that level. Maybe we'll just look elsewhere. And if another club comes in from, yeah, he's going to go. It's all just about the ambition that the club showed this summer. And I think um, that stems down to to Overmars, but you got to look at somebody like, for me, um, this has got parallels with what Frank De Boer is doing right now with Atlanta United. You know, he made a really bad decision in joining a club that really you can't really improve on. They won the MLS Cup last year and he's went there and it's been a disaster so far for him. 
So some of these players might look at Ajax and go, right, they've just won everything they can. Do I really want to go there? Because next season's probably not going to be the same. So I think, yeah, it's going to be difficult to replicate this next year. Difficult indeed. and it's. But what is really good about this Ajax Champions League run is we're seeing the rise of uh, the next world-class um, Dutch internationals. But I just wanted to ask you, Mike, who's going to play around these players? Who's going to be the future with, um, you know, Frenkie, De Ligt? Also Donny van der Beek's been really impressive recently in midfield. He might stay playing to get back his... Um, first team place with the Dutch national team. But who, who's been catching your eye um, abroad, outside of the Eredivisie recently? For me, there's not been very many standouts in recent weeks. I think John Paul Boetius has been coming into some form for Mainz, which is a bit of a shock since he has a horrible season for Feyenoord last year. But in his last five games, he's contributed four assists and a goal. For Mainz, he's doing really well in Germany. Um, Veghorst is doing well in Germany. These are players that have been on the, the fringes of it. And, yeah, I mean, Quincy Promise has sort of revitalised himself as a right-back at Sevilla. Maybe he comes into a different position. Um, Dan Jumas has come back into to fitness for Club Bruges, so he becomes an option again. And Memphis is finally scoring goals again for Lyon. He scored his first goal in about four or five weeks playing up front after being benched by the, the Leon coach at the weekend. So heading into these crucial games in June, there isn't very many you know, standout new names around Europe right now. It's going to be, again, I think Kevin's going to go with the established squad that he's been picking recently because there isn't much else coming through at the moment. It is still promising to see uh, Virgil van Dijk impressing at Liverpool, though, with all these wins and clean sheets that he's just raking up. A week after week, but also Vinaldum scoring a winning goal for Liverpool against Cardiff um, at the weekend, just again being important, and I think that's really important for someone like Vinaldum um, to show his worth. But yeah, as you say, again for Memphis as well, the fact that he's made his way back into the Leon team, but playing as a centre forward as well rather than as a winger um, more recently, which is uh, where he plays for the Netherlands, and I think it's it's great to see that Leon giving him that chance again in the centre forward role. Um, to also score goals. I think one of the name I might add to that is Ryan Babel, um, doing well at Fulham, uh, even though they got relegated. I think he's he's put some goals away. He has missed a couple of chances, but again, he's been important for Fulham. Um, and yeah, that again is just important. Again, as we, we, we warm up for the Nations League semi-final against England, which isn't that far away now. Uh, the end of the season's coming, isn't it, Mike? And yeah, is there anything else you want to talk about today before we finish? I think that's... Um... We bring up Donny van der Beek, about him getting into the Netherlands national team. And it's true, he deserves to be in there. But you look at that midfield that Cummins picking right now and you've got Frankie, who's you know, a starter. He's the first name on the team sheet. And you've got Wijnaldum doing so well at Liverpool and he's the first choice number 10. And then Cummins preferred a more defensive midfielder, maybe alongside Frankie. So you've had Darun. And you've had Davy Proper in there. I think Davy Proper is the only one that you'd have you know, some issues about at the moment. I think Brighton are you know, on the verge of possibly being relegated from the Premier League. He's not been performing week in, week out for them. So, you know, coming months, you'd maybe like to see come in an experiment with Donny van der Beek. Maybe 
move Wijnaldum a bit deeper where he plays for Liverpool and play Van de Beek behind the striker because uh, I think that would be a very interesting option for Netherlands. Probably going into the rest of the Euro 2020 qualifiers. Yeah, it's good to have just some different options as the Netherlands played the, the strongest teams and some of the weaker teams um, on the European landscape. Well, Mike, um, thank you very much for joining me. No problem. I think we'll be having another podcast, um, hopefully very soon, or if not, a preview for the Ajax against Spurs uh, Champions League ties. See you again soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah! That is Klaassen, goal!